Are you battle ready? Can you look at your neighbor and say, are you battle ready? Look at your other neighbor and say, are you battle ready? And say, say are you battle ready? We read this morning at the beginning of this service is that we are in a warfare church. It's not, uh, it's not with our neighbor that, that put up the fence on the wrong, put their fence too close to our, to our house. It's, it's not the person that we, walk, that we work next to that, that is talking about us all the time. We're in a spiritual warfare church. We're in a battle, amen? amen. We're in a battle. Life is not a playground, but it is a battleground. We must be diligent and devoted to be trained in God's word. We are going to face distressing and difficult times. That's encouraging, right? Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 33, he said this, the Amplified says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Are you in peace this morning? We're going to go through things, but when we have Christ in our life and he is Lord over our life, we can have peace in the tribulation. We can have peace that when there's the storm, the waves are crashing over the boat, church. Amen. In the world, you'll have tribulation and distress and suffering. Be, but be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. Woo! Hallelujah! Jesus has overcome the world, church. He has overcome the world. My quest is accomplished. My victory abiding. We are fighting battles every single day. And sometimes they leave us feeling, feeling defeated or overwhelmed. In this land, we will deal with things that, that will battle our very soul, church. Have you been there before? There will be battles against our mind. There will be battles against our health. There will be battles against our marriage. There will be battles against our, per our parental relationship, even with our children. There are going to be battles in our job, in our finances. There are going to be stress battles. Have you been stressed out lately? The enemy is a liar. That when we have Christ in our life, that Christ, we may have things that come in our life, but God is going to get us through those times, church things that are just waiting and ba battling with us on every level. So you can't just stop. You can't stop the battles from coming. All we can do is get ready for them and be prepared for the battles when they come. Battle ready definition is this. Sufficiently equipped, trained, numerically strong to engage an enemy. Why do we come together? We come together to encourage one another to be there and help hold one another up. Why do we read the word? Because our word is our relationship with Jesus Christ. When we're praying, we're praying to him. And then when we're reading, he's speaking to us through his word. Amen. We must be battle ready. We must be prepared for battles when they come. And here's the truth, church, that we have to always be aware of it. It is the time to be ready, not to be, not the time to get ready. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then when we're in the battle, it's not time that now I'm going to start my training. No, we have to start our training way before that battle even starts. We must be ready. We're in a time right now, church of battles. Look at your enemy and say, we're in a battle. Let's start, try it again. We're in a battle. Economic battles, political battles, health battles. We are in a time of battles. This is a battle season. This is a time of, of a spiritual warfare where the kingdoms of this world are in a stark opposition against the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just can't go through this life floating through and just saying, man, I've gone to church. We have got to get on our knees, church. We've got to get into our word. We've got to, we've got to pray and cry out to our Lord and Savior, church. 
Because the enemy is not is taking this battle that we're in serious. He, he has one thing. He's going to come and he's going to try to destroy and kill everything about us. He wants to, if he can get one foothold in. One little crack in a window, one little crack in a door that if he can get his foot foothold in there, he's going to start running and ruling your life, church. We're in battles. We all must be in the army of the Lord. It was said by Charles Spurgeon, he said, the Lord gets his best soldiers out of the highlands of affliction. When we go through things and we're going through trials and tribulations, a lot of times, church, that's for us to lean and to rely upon Jesus Christ and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't even know what tomorrow brings, but God, I'm having faith and trust in you. Since 2020, church, how many, how many more suicides are there with the millennials? How many more people are feeling isolated and alone that the church has to rise up and say, we have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't need to run away afraid that in Jesus Christ, once again, it's not in our, own, in, in our own flesh. We must rise up with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, church. We must be battle ready. Say to your neighbor, battle ready. Whatever it is, we need to be battle ready. And there are various ways that we can get ready for battle. Battles require preparation. Say preparation. Battles require training. Say training. And they require practice. Amen? Practice. I'm so excited for today because actually my wife and I were talking just a couple days ago. And you know what? I said, man, wouldn't it be awesome? She was so fired up about this. And I said, well, why don't we tag team? And then she said, oh, I don't know. And, and <laughs> anyways, and so I just said, well, how about if, if you bring what the Lord's telling you and then we'll, we'll, see, how, we'll see how it goes. But I want, to st I want to read and then I'm going to hand it off to her. And uh, so we're, I'm just so excited for today. Uh, 2 Corinthians, if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. This is sort of going to be, be our foundational verse. If you have it, say amen. Amen. It should be on the screen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 10, 3 through 6, not 6. They'll get it. It's okay. It's just a praise break for me. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you. I, I honor you. That's why we need to bring our Bibles, y'all. If you don't have your Bibles, it's an amen. It's okay. They're, they're doing a fantastic... Thank you, honey. <laughs> I guess I'm talking too much. You ready? For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are, not carrying, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of forces. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and even exalted and proud things that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought, say every thought, every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. Are you battle ready? Tag your in. We're going to be like an Oreo cookie today. He's going to be the opener and the closer, and I'm going to be the sweet stuff in the middle. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you might not think that after I get done talking. But how many of you know, just like we've been saying, we are in a battle. And it is real. The enemy is real. We're not here to play games. Can you 
just a second. Y'all know I have to have notes because I'll be all over the place and we'll get out of here at five o'clock this afternoon if not, so you're welcome that I have notes. <laughs> I know Pastor Rich just read it, but I'm going to read it again real quick because we are in a battle. It's real. We're not, we're not here to play, the game, play games and neither is the enemy. But we know what the end of the book says. He's already given us the weapons that we need. He's equipped us. But we have work that we have to do, right? Amen. So let me read this real quick. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We said it last week. How many know our most of the battle is where? In our own minds, right? Through somebody might say something, we might see something, we might assume something, and then this battle pursues in our mind. And we give it we decide where it goes, right? Because we allow it to, to take us where God never intended us to go. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Obedience isn't fun sometimes. We were having a conversation with Jacob the other day. Uh, you know, motivation is one thing. It's one thing to be motivated, but eventually motivation runs out and you still just have to get up and be obedient and be um, committed and push through, even when you don't feel motivated, even when you don't feel like doing it, right? Can y'all just do me a favor too? Can, can we just forget what time it is? <laughs> Last week, we had to un, um, unhook the battery in my car and so the clock got messed up in my car and it freaks me out every time I get in the car because I think I'm two hours late to wherever I'm going. <laughs> so just, can we just, I don't know why I just told you that, but can we just, sometimes we get so focused on going through a program and going through a thing and we get so focused on time. Can we just take our time? Can, will you allow me to take my time today and tell you what God has laid on my heart? Because it's important and we are being called to something. So I don't want to rush through. I want to take our time and, and we'll get through this. Thank you. Um, one commentary said, referring to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, the members of God's army serve as the bridge between the spiritual and natural realms, living in both worlds because they have been born again by the Spirit. They know when they win because they have a clear objective that defines their victory, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We have a clear objective. We have instructions. We have a battle plan. We have everything we need is right inside this book. We have a clear objective. So, so we, if we're in the word of God, we should be able to know when the enemy is attacking. We should be able to know when we've won a victory. We should be able to know when there's something that we need to be on our knees interceding about because we know what the word of God says. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then we need to correct that. Amen? This army knows that they can never experience a moment of hesitancy because hesitation can turn victory into a defeat. We have to always be ready. We have to always be on guard. We have to always be ready to speak what the word says, to minister to somebody, to witness to somebody. We can't hesitate. 
the enemy doesn't hesitate just like Pastor Rich said, and the second he gets a crack, the second he gets a, any, any kind of way, any opportunity, he is opportunistic. The second that he gets an opportunity to come into our lives, he takes it. So we can't hesitate. The army knows that they can never experience a moment of hesitancy because hesitation can turn victory into defeat. They are fully resolved and will relish the victory. for you put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid army of a hevel he has schemes and strategies and deceits he is a liar for our struggle is not against flesh and blood contending with only physical opponents but how many know that's here and just like pastor Jessica said we are not under his authority we do not have to submit to him but he is the ruler of this present age do you know that it, we, you know, we go, we walk around saying, oh, the world is so evil. That's not just a catchphrase. That's not just something cute to say. He is ruling and reigning in this present age, in this atmosphere. He is real. So let me read that last part again. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to stand, to successfully resist and stand your ground in the, in the evil day of danger and having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and upright heart and having strapped on your feet with the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good by the good news above all lift up the protective shield of faith which you can extinct with, with which which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god with all prayer and petition pray 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 can you say it with me? Pray. With specific requests. Specific. At all times, on every occasion, and in every season, in the spirit, and with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people, ambassadors in Christ. That's us. We are ambassadors in Christ. Ambassador, excuse me, ambassador in chains, and pray that in proclaiming that I may speak boldly and courageously as I should. I asked a couple guys to help me. Can y'all come, come on up? Come on up on the stage. Um, you know, I, the Lord shows me things. I'm a very visual person, and the Lord speaks to me that way and shows me things. And so I just, I have an illustration that I just want to do to you today, and it might seem silly, but I'm just telling you, I think it's more real than than what we think. So, and let me just say, I, I specifically wanted to have these two men because I know whatever I say about them up here in the illustration, we know that it doesn't apply. <laughs> so, you, so don't think that I'm saying one thing or another because both of these men are prayer warriors. They are men of God and they, I, they are battle ready. I, know, I do know that. But just let's just take, for example, one minute. 
Brother Kevin, if I come and I tell you, I'm going to send you off to war, okay? You're going to be going off to war. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I'm not going to tell you what the land is like. I'm not going to tell you what kind of bat- uh, weapons the enemy has. I'm not even going to tell you who the enemy is. I'm not going to tell you what kind of armor you're going to have or what kind of weapons you're going to have. You're not going to have any communication. Once you get out there, you're not going to be able to communicate. And by the way, you're not even going to know which, who the enemy is, which team you're on, which side you're on. Does that sound okay? <laughs> you don't think so? Not very prepared. Not very prepared. Okay. Stay right there. Now, Brother Ronnie here, I'm going to send you to war too. But I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about your enemy. I'm going to tell you everything about their weapons. You're going to know what the land looks like. You're going to know what the weather is going to be like. You're going to know what your armor is. You're going to, you're going to be an expert at all your weapons. You're going to know how to use them. And you're going to have direct access at any given time to the general. Which soldier do you want? You guys stay right there. Which soldier do you want to be? Do you want to be this guy? No. Nobody? <laughs> you don't even want to be this guy. <laughs> so nobody wants to be this guy. We're all in agreement. Okay. Who wants to be this guy? Okay. Stay right there. So, okay. We say that. We say we want to be this guy. But how many of us are really more like this guy? How many people does this guy represent that are walking around in the world today, even in the church, lost, unaware of who the enemy is, just kind of going around willy-nilly, not knowing where they're going, where the battle is going to be, what their weapons are, no communication to the general. So we want to be this guy. This guy is where it's at. But how many of us in reality are more represented by this guy and I'm not this is a this I, I want to just say today I and, and last week I feel like this is a call this is an alert to all of to me included so I'm so please don't this is a wake-up call for all of us for the church in general one soldier has no direction no armor no weapons no means of communication the other soldier is given complete instruction full armor all necessary weapons and direct access to the general which one are we and which one do we need to be There's so many people, like I said, even in, even in the church, there's so many people that just come in and kind of, it's just part of the routine. Sunday morning, oh, it's, it's church day. Just like Monday is cleaning day. Tuesday, it's just another day on the calendar. And we come in and we think we're doing the right thing. We think we're doing enough. It looks good. I could even give this guy, you know, the armor and the clothing and he could look like the soldier. And he could look like he knows what he's getting ready to do and like that he's prepared but he's really still not, right? But how many churches 
How many, not even just people, how many churches as a whole are full of people just coming in and going through the motions and we look like we know what we're doing, we look like we're ready, but we're not. This guy should represent us as believers, right? We should know who the enemy is, what his tactics are, where the battle takes place, and how to use our weapons. Amen? Have y'all ever heard of the war room? A war room? Not the, I know there was the, mo the movie, The War Room, but do you know what a, an actual war room is? The actual Merriam-Webster de definition is a war room is a room at a military headquarters where maps showing the current status of troops in battle are maintained. When an army facing a battle, when army is facing a battle, they study the terrain, the weather, the opponent, their weapons. And guess what? If they happen to lose a little battle or a little scrimmage, guess what they do? They go back to that war room and they study and they find out why did we lose that battle? Where did we fall short? Where did the enemy get us? Where were we weak? Where do we need to strengthen? Where do we need to re what areas do we need to reinforce? Amen. How many times do we do that? How many times do we lose a battle and we just, well, he got me now, he got me now, like that. Thanks, sir. How many times do we go back after that battle and say, Lord, man, man, I really messed that one up, but Lord, help me, teach me, show me in the word what your word says about this. How can I not fall into the same trap again? How can I be equipped the next time that I face that same enemy that now he got me the first time, but he's not going to get me again? How many times do we keep going back into the same battle and we keep losing the same battle over and over and over because we don't do anything different? We go into the battle and act like, we're, what, like we expect something different to happen, but we don't, we haven't prepared. We haven't done anything different than, than we did the first time that we went in and lost the battle. It doesn't make any sense, right? But we do it day after day, after day, after day, after day. We do it. And I'm guilty of it. Y'all, I like sleep. I, my sleep, <laughs> I love my sleep. And man, to get up and, and sacrifice sleep, to get in the word or to pray, it's hard. Anybody else? It takes, one, wait, again, talking about obedience. And sometimes it's not, we're not going to just be motivated all the time. We have to know that this is a matter of life and death and that we have to fall under sub, to submission and be obedient and get in our word and get in our, our, our war room, our prayer closet before the Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Give him a hand. Don't be that guy. <laughs> um, so I have another question for you. How many of you like action movies or war movies or I know that with history buffs that like the war movies? Yeah? <laughs> All right. How many of you love to just go to the movie theater and get a big tub of popcorn and a big soda and sit back or cuddle up on your couch and, and get comfy and watch a movie? Uh, Pastor Rich and Josie are in this thing right now. Where's she at? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking at there. Um, so they are on a mission right now to watch all of the Marvel movies. And I think there's 32 of them, 32 something of them. Oh, 33. See, uh, and how many are you on now? 17. They have watched 17 of them. I am present during this event. I usually sleep through most of it, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm being honest with you. But... Um, so, you know, it's one thing to pull up 
with a big bucket of popcorn and watch a, a, a movie on, on TV. Why does it seem like there's always one guy that can't ever shoot anybody and one guy that never misses? Like, that, I don't know. But as much as some of us may enjoy all the action on the big screen, that's not what we are talking about today. It's, we are in a real life battle. We don't have the option of just watching it from a distance as passive, part, as passive viewers, right? We are in a real battle and we cannot just passively sit back and observe like we're just watching fictional entertainment. We know what the end of the book says and we know, what the God, we know that the God of angel army wins. We know that the God of angel armies wins. We know that. That is the end of the story, right? We know we've been made more than conquerors. We already know that. But what we're here to talk about today is what we also know that the Bible tells us. We have to be active participants and keep ourselves ready for battle, right? We can't just sit back with our popcorn and just watch as the world goes by. We have to be active participants. We have to keep ourselves ready. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it next week, but next week, but we, one important thing, and Pastor Rich kind of touched on it, we have to know who we are in Christ. We have to know our identity in Christ, who he's created us to be, what he's put in us. Each one of us has an assignment, and we need to know that. That is, that is a very important part of the strategy. We have to know who he's created us to be, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. How do we keep ourselves ready for battle besides knowing who we are in Christ? We have to know who the enemy is. We have to know who the enemy is. The enemy is Satan, people. Ephesians tells us that the enemy is not flesh and blood, but the real fight is against demonic forces. We're not fighting with our neighbor. We're not fighting with our spouse. We're not fighting with somebody at work. We're not fighting with the guy that was rude in the ga at the gas station. And those are silly examples, but even the, real, even the hard things that we go through, our fight is not with flesh and blood. The enemy will use those people and those things and those situations and those circumstances, but the fight is not with those people. It is with him, Satan, the ruler of this present age. Amen? And you don't have to take my word for it. And I'm going to read you a couple scriptures, but just for time's sake, I, we, I, I don't have time. And that's what's so awesome about the word of God. I'm just going to read you a small example of scriptures that tell us who the enemy is. But if you get in this book every single day, it's, God doesn't leave it us up to, just for us to figure it out and, and hope that we figure it out. It's in here from front cover to back cover. It is in here. He tells us who our enemy is. He tells us what his strategies are. He tells us how to defeat him. We have to be in our word. But just a few of the things that I want to tell you. Who, who is the enemy? He's the father of lies. John 8, 44. I'm going to put that up on the screen. There's no truth in him, right? He is the father of lies. You are, the you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the desires which are characteristic, character, characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar and the father of lies and half-truths. I mean, no, a half-truth is just as much of a lie as a lie. 
but he'll use that. Well, you know, he'll get us so confused. Well, you know, it kind of seems right. No, if it's a half truth, if it's not true, it's a lie. And he will use that about ourselves. He'll tell us half truths about ourselves. He'll tell us half truths about those that we have relationship with. He'll tell us half truths about our church. He'll tell us half truths about anything that he can get in our head about. He is a liar. He is a father of lies. Also, John 10.10 tells us he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I come that that they may have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So that's what God has for us, a life of abundance. He wants to bless us. He wants us to live an abundant life, overflowing. But the enemy is constantly constantly coming against that, constantly trying to do everything that he can do to steal that, to kill that, to destroy that. The plans that he's, he created every single one of us with a plan. What do you think the enemy tries to do? Destroy that. That is his mission, to steal, to kill, and destroy, to destroy the dreams that God has given us. to steal from us, to steal our joy. How many Christians do you know that walk around with no joy because the enemy has stolen, they've allowed the enemy to steal their joy. Again, through circumstances, through situations, through past hurts, but they're allowing the enemy to steal their joy. It's, it's little things. It's not always just even big things. It's little things that he'll come in, little annoyances, little things, little aggravations little things that he'll come daily to try to steal and kill and destroy and lie. Matthew 16, 23 says he is a stumbling block. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on things of man. How many times do we allow him to be a stumbling block to us? We get focused on the things of man and we forget to look to the things of God. And before we know it, we're looking over here and we're walking and we don't see the big rock that's right here that we're getting ready to fall over because we're so focused on what we want and our, and our goals and our desires and our plans that we had for our life and all these things that man puts before us. We're so focused on those things that we're not looking at what's right in front of what God is showing us step by step. He's leading us. He's directing us one step at a time. But if we're looking over here, we don't see what's right in front of us. He becomes a stumbling block. And guess what? Pastor Rich can (laughs) attest to this. When you fall, people see. Yeah? People see. So what you do does matter. That was free. <laughs> First Peter 5, 8 says he is like, like, like a roaring lion. Like. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungering, seeking someone to devour. So again, he's like a lion, but he's seeking, constantly seeking, constantly seeking, constantly looking for who he can devour. He never stops because he's never satisfied. He constantly seeks who he can devour. He's like a roaring lion. 
we know who the roaring lion is. But, but Satan tries to present himself and act like that because he's a counterfeit, right? We're going to get that, to that in a minute too. Um, Revelation 12.10. He is an accuser. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom, dominion, reign of our God and the authority of his, of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our believing brothers and sisters has been thrown down at last. He who accuses them and keeps bringing charges of sinful behavior against them before our God day and night. Satan's name actually means accuser. And in Hebrew, I believe... Brother D, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from my research in Hebrew, this translate out, translates out as adversary. He is our adversary. He's never our friend. He's never on our side. He's never for us. Never. He is our accuser. He is our adversary. Always against us. Always against what God is in us. Always. Always going against us. Ephesians 6.11 he is a schemer. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid army of a heavily, heavily armed, armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Again, he is constantly scheming. He has strategies. He just like we talked about the, the army studying, he studies us. He knows what our weaknesses are. He knows where we, where, what our downfalls are. He knows what we believed before. And just like we talked about losing the battle, he knows, oh, they lost that battle again. I bet I can get them again. I bet I can get them to go in that same, down that same road and, the, and they'll lose again. He studies us and he schemes against us. And he's deceitful. There's nothing that he's beneath doing. He'll use anything, anyone, anytime. That's what he does. That's who he is. Going along with that, being a schemer, 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, To keep Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Again, because of the word of God, he is a schemer. He is a liar. He is all those things. But we can always be one step ahead of him. Because we have, we have the battle plan right here in the word of God, right? So he's, he can be scheming all day long, but we already know. We already know what his schemes are. And we should be able to identify in our life when we see him scheming and, and trying to trick us because we've been in our word. And we have a plan to combat that. Genesis 3.1 says he is the tempter now the serpent was more crafty subtle skilled in deceit than any living creature of the field which the lord god had made and the serpent satan said to the woman can it really be that god has said you shall not eat from any tree from the garden he's a tempter he'll tempt us he'll put things in front of us that look sweet and look good and look appealing and he'll always put that little lie. Oh, yeah, it's, just do it. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to matter. It's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. And guess what? The more, when, when we listen to those lies, when we fall into those temptations, the little things that were hard, that we would have never thought we would have done, now that's, we don't even think about it anymore. And now he moves on to something bigger. And then something bigger because he never stops, right? He never quits. 
So he's always, 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 always tempting, always trying to get us to fall, always trying to trip us up, always putting something in front of us. Always. Isn't this an encouraging message today? But it should be encouraging because we know who we are. But we have to know who he is. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. He is an imposter, a counterfeit, and a fake. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen says, and no wonder, since Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Everything that he says and does is a perversion of the creator. Right? He likes to imitate. He likes to come in and be slick and think that he's the original one, but he's not. Everything that he does is a perversion of the creator. So he masquerades as an angel of light, but it's fake. <laughs> that reminded me. Did y'all ever play opposite day in school? Anybody? Like where everything you say is opposite? I hate you, Pastor Sean. It's, it's opposite day. <laughs> That's the enemy. Everything that he says and does is the opposite of the truth, right? We can just know that. We can just know that. The Blue Letter Bible just uh, lists just some of Satan's characteristics as proud, fierce, and cruel, powerful, deceitful, subtle. The whole book of Revelation talks about Satan and his de demonic army and how he will be overcome. These are just, like I said, these are just, all the scriptures that I just read you are just a tiny, 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 tiny little example of what is in the Bible. My point is, we are not, we don't have to be like this soldier over here, that we're just clueless. We don't know where we're going. We don't know who we're fighting against. We don't know how we're going to fight them. We don't know what, what the battle is going to look like. We are not that guy. We don't have to be that guy because it's all in the word of God, but we have to be diligent and intentional intentional about studying the word and knowing what the Bible says. We could be here infinity studying and, and, and learning what God tells us. Uh, the Bible does also tell us that we just, we talked about who he is and his characteristics, but the Bible does also tell us where our enemy is. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12 says, put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid army of a heavenly armied soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. So again, we already talked about it. It's here right? He doesn't have authority over us, but he has authority over this present world, this present age. Ephesians 2.2 2 says, you are following the ways of this world influenced by this present age in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan. That is Satan, the spirit, but he's a prince. He's not a king. He's just a prince, okay? But he is the prince of this power of the air. The spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. John 12, 31 says, Now judgment is upon this world. The sentence is being passed down. Now the ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. So again, another scripture telling us, he's the ruler of this world. There's no question about that. 
and he is real and he is here and sometimes I think we sometimes we give him too much credit but sometimes I think we don't give him enough credit we talk about him like he's this little goofy red man with a pitchfork and pointy ears and and that's the extent of the power that we think that he has he is real he has power the Bible says he has power he is deceitful he is cunning he doesn't stop he is after us to steal and kill and destroy and he is real he's not a little Halloween costume And every time we wake up, there's a battle going on in the atmosphere between heaven and hell. And we get to choose which side of that battle we're going to be on. We get to choose which part of that we're going to play into. He is cunning and disguises himself to be something he's not. Meanwhile, we're running around fighting against each other. fighting about things that don't even really matter. If we're not careful, he'll set the trap for us and then watch us destroy ourselves. We do the work for him. Praise him if you could come while I'm closing. We have to recognize that the enemy is real. We have to know that he is real. And this is not a game. This is not a movie. He is real. And we have to be able to recognize him. Because I'm just telling you, if not, he'll be working right in the middle of our lives and we won't even know it. We won't even recognize it. While they're coming, I just had one last um, example for you. Have, have you all ever heard of the Trojan horse? Everybody knows what that is? The Trojan horse was a wooden horse said to have been used by the Greeks during the Trojan War to enter the city of Troy and win the war. The Greeks constructed a huge wooden horse at the behest of Odysseus and hid a select force of men inside, including Odysseus himself. The Greeks pretended to sail away, and the Trojans pulled the horse into their city as a victory trophy. They thought, oh man, we won. They left their stuff behind. Ooh, let's bring this in. They pulled it right on in. That night, the Greek force crept out of the horses and opened the gates for the rest of the Greek army to come back in, which they had sailed back under the cover of darkness. The Greeks entered and destroyed the city, ending the war. So the Trojans pulled that horse back in. Metaphorically, a Trojan horse has come to mean any trick or, tr or strategy that causes a target, we're the target, we're the target, to invite a foe, Satan is the foe, into a securely protected, fortified area or place. This perfectly describes how Satan schemes his way into our lives. How many times do we unwittingly pull the horse carrying the enemy right into our front door? By the things that we watch, by the things that we listen to, by the way that we talk, by being lazy and not being in our word and not praying by engaging in the tactics of the enemy, by getting caught up in stuff that we have no business being caught up in, we're dragging that horse right in the front door and then we wonder why we're under attack. And we're so confused and so surprised when the enemy pops out. We do the work for him because we don't take seriously the threat. And we don't stay vigilant to the attack of the enemy. 
we have to always be on guard. And just a side note, and if y'all, just a side note, if, if you're sitting here in this message today and you're thinking, well, this is a great message, but this doesn't apply to me. I already got this. I already know everything she's talking about. I got this. Then who are you mentoring? Who are you teaching? Who are you bringing up beside you? What soldier are you helping to win the battle? Who are you training to come up behind you and beside you and get in this war that we're in? Because there's people all around us every single day that are represented by, by Brother Kevin, the actor that he played up here, that are just wandering around aimless and they don't even know they're lost. They don't know that they don't know. They think they got it all together. And we're walking right next to them, not saying a word, not doing anything. So if we got it together, who are we training up? Who are we bringing up behind us, underneath us? Who are we praying for? Who are we encouraging? Who are we teaching the word of God to? Who are we developing relationships with so that we have a relationship with them so that when we see that they're kind of starting to go astray, that in love we can go to them and say, hey, this is what the word of God says. Man, I don't want to see you stumble. How can I help you? How can I pray with you? How can I be an example to you? Will you please stand? They're going to sing this last song. Last song, Pastor Rich is going to come in just a minute and close us out. But just in closing, today we've talked about the enemy. Next week we'll talk a little bit more about who we are in Christ and about the weapons, our weapons and our tools. But right now, we know that God is King of kings and Lord of lords. We know that he rules and he reigns. We know that he fights for us. He's interceding at the right hand of the Father right now for us. We know that he goes before us every step that we take. We talked about a real enemy today and we talked about real strategies, but we don't have to fear that enemy. If we have a relationship with Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins and took our sins to the grave and rose up again so that we can have eternal life and we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us who fights for us, who gives us the wisdom, who goes before us in ways that we don't even know, that's who he is today. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We don't have to fear the enemy because he is, he that is in us is greater than he is that's in the world, right? Are you battle ready? Pastor Rich is gonna come and we're gonna sing this song. The altars are open right now. I'm just telling you the altars are open right now. If, if what anything that I've said to you today has spoken to you and you're saying, man, I thought I, I, thought I was good, but I need to get serious about who the enemy is in my life. Maybe you've thought about some things today and you've recognized some areas in your life that you know that the enemy has crept in. Or maybe you've recognized an area where that you've pulled that Trojan horse right in your front door. That's the awesome thing about God is that there's always hope. There's never, we're never too far gone. There's never a time when he can't step in 
and correct what we've made crooked, what we've messed up, what we've allowed the enemy to come in and think that he's destroyed. God is the restorer. He is the healer. He is our hope. In a world where it seems like there's no hope, he is our hope. And him in us, we can be hope to the world. That's what we've been called to do. To be a light to those around us. So what do you need to do today to be battle ready? Father, we thank you for this message today. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, help us to be battle ready. Help us to know that in your word, Father, you show us and tell us what, the, what our enemy is and you tell us all about it. Father, Lord, I pray that today that people here today, Father, would, would take a stand and say, I'm, 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 I've, been, I'm, I've been on the fence too long. I've been in one minute, one day, and the next week I've been the other way, Father God, and I pray that today the decisions would be made, Father God, to be 100% in. Father God, let us be men and women after your own heart. Let us be your warriors. We just thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. As Tracy was talking, y'all on the altars, they're going to sing in just a moment. But I just think just because, just because I wear an army jacket or they wear an army jacket does not make them in an army. And I wonder how many Christians, time and time again, I go to church, I was raised in church, I went into Sunday school, and you know about God, but you don't know God. You're not applying his word to your heart. You're just walking around saying, I think I could be in battle. No, you haven't practiced. You haven't got in your word. And I wonder how many of us just know that God, I've got to today, I've got to apply your word to my life. There are things and things that I'm doing and things that I know that I, that I'm just telling y'all, it's, it's as small as even just talking about somebody. The Bible talks about gossip and how gossip is. It's about having bitterness towards somebody and being angry, having different issues in our life and saying, God, I do have issues, but I know that in you, I can be made whole in Jesus Christ. Because I can just tell you that I can, I can, I'm just telling you, I could go to the store tomorrow morning and I could get all these awards and I could come in next week with all these awards all over my vest. But you know what? Just because you see an award on it doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't, church. Just because I have five stars and I'm a five-star general, Brother Arm, that, that you shake your head. No, you ain't a five-star general. You're a wannabe. I just think that in these end, I know in these end times, we've got to be men and women of integrity, men and women after God's own heart, just like King David. So they're going to come up. I know that it's, it's, it's 10 after y'all. Just let you guys know. We're going to just, I'm going to have them come up. They're going to sing this for just a couple minutes. We're going to come and then we're going to close together. But the altars are open. If you want to come down and if, even if you don't want prayer, just say today I'm making a stand for God and I'm going to go up front and I'm going to, I'm, I'm re-enlisting in the army. I'm God, take my whole life. It is yours. I'm giving it to you. And today is the day. September 17th, I've turned my life over to Christ. Father, I just pray that right now in the name of Jesus, you would be with every person here. Father, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you've, con you've continued to talk throughout this whole service to everyone here. Father, I pray right now that we would yield to your voice. In Jesus' name we pray.